Hey listeners, this is Becky. Can you believe our podcast turned two in March? We started the podcast in 2020 during the lockdown. It began as a fun way for Hope and I to do something fun with Mary since we couldn't be together. My sister Mary lives about four hours away from us in northwest Indiana, and Hope and I are in southeast Indiana. Researching episodes and doing the podcast gave us a way to use technology to do something fun that we all enjoy. In a million years, we could never have dreamed that it has grown as much as it has. We now have several thousand listeners through many podcast platforms, and there have been over 4,000 downloads of our podcast just through Podbean alone. It's exciting to see that we have listeners from across the globe in 35 countries. Our most followers are on the Facebook with 2,300 followers there. However, we've since added TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram pages to our social media. So if you've not followed us on those, please do so. Words cannot explain how thankful we are to our listeners. Your support has been instrumental in allowing a longtime childhood dream of Mary and I to come true. We have some really big news that we're finally able to share. You guys, we signed a book deal. At the end of March, an editor with Arcadia Publishing contacted us and he wondered if we'd ever thought about writing a book. Well, we could not reply yes to him fast enough. So we have spent the last week of March and this first part of April writing up a book proposal and negotiating a contract. And we officially have a signed contract with Arcadia Publishing and a release date. Haunted Dearborn County, Indiana will be released in the fall of 2023. I've got to tell you, it's such an honor and a privilege to be able to record some of the legends that are a part of the history of the community I've been blessed to call home for the past 21 years. So now our summer plans will be spent focusing on writing a book, creating more exciting content for you for our podcast. We will be out and about all over Dearborn County, Indiana, taking photos, talking to people, and we're collecting stories for our book. So if you see us out and about, please come up and say hello. You can't miss us. We'll be in my white Chevy Traverse with the Hoosier Myths and Legends logo on the back window. In addition to this, we're working on creating a Patreon for you to subscribe to. And of course, lots of new content for the podcast. Also thinking about including some true crime stories, especially ones that may have a supernatural or a spooky twist to them. So there's lots of good things to come in the next few months. It's so exciting. We cannot thank you enough. So I was sitting here today thinking about how far we've come since our first ever podcast. And I have to tell you, this it's still one of my most favorites. So we decided to post a replay of it for you today. The Klein Avenue ghost is a legend that we've gotten the most messages and comments about. It's a legend that Mary and I both grew up listening to and hearing about. And it's also the story that to this day is our most listened episode across all the podcast platforms. It has the most views on YouTube. So it's a very old legend that goes back decades. The legend of a woman in white who haunts Klein Avenue between Gary and Hammond, Indiana. Please enjoy this episode, and as always, stay spooky. Hello, thanks for joining us on our first ever episode of the Hoosier Myths and Legends podcast. I'm your host, Rebecca Wilhelm. And I'm your co-host, Mary Quigley. 
And I'm Hope. Let's go ahead and dive into the spookier side of the Hoosier State. So what comes to your mind when you think of Indiana? Do you think of corn? Do you think of basketball? Do you think of the Indianapolis 500? Maybe you think of famous celebrities who were born in Indiana, like John Mellencamp or Michael Jackson. But as the saying goes, there is more than corn in Indiana. 92 counties make up the Hoosier State. In this podcast, we are going to discuss some Indiana folklore from each of these counties. If you are into tall tales, ghosts, or spooky legends, then this is a podcast you are not going to want to miss. Our first episode is from our hometown of Hammond, Indiana in Lake County. This is a ghost or legend that is going to sound familiar to many Hammond and Northwest Indiana residents. So picture this. You're driving down Klein Avenue in Hammond. It's a dark, rainy night. You have the windshield wipers on high as the rain is coming down in sheets. You slow your car down because your exit's just ahead. As you near the Michigan Street exit, you see a figure standing on the side of the road. You wipe your eyes. You cannot believe what you're seeing. There before you is a lady in all white, dressed like a bride and wearing a long, old-fashioned white wedding dress. The woman is very young. She has long, blonde hair. She's very pale and, of course, soaking wet. You're thinking to yourself that she's definitely out of place out here on this stretch of highway. No business is here, so where did she come from? Who is she? If you are familiar with Klein Avenue at all, then you know there's nothing out there. It's a very desolate section of the road. This is the legend of the Klein Avenue ghost, the lady in white, or as some in the region has often referred to her, La Verona. legend that Mary and I grew up hearing about was the Lady in White of Klein Avenue. If you're not familiar with uh, Northwest Indiana, Klein Avenue is a very long stretch of highway that goes from Gary, Indiana, all the way through Whiting and to the Illinois border. The Lady in White is this ghost that appears on the side of the road, or as some people claim, she may even jump out in front of cars, causing them to wreck. There are stories of her also appearing in cars, People over the years have also claimed to have picked her up to give her a ride, only to have her disappear from the vehicle further down the road. Yes, Mom often told us the story of the Lady in White. The version she told us was of a woman in white who would float out in the empty land. Mom told us about going out to the woods in the middle of the night in the 1960s with a group of friends, and she laughed and told us that she was so mad that they went out there and didn't experience anything. Yes, apparently there was a radio host on WJOB during that time, 
who did some type of broadcast or a show about the legend, and a big group of teenagers came out to see if they could find the lady in white. WJOB is the Hammond, Indiana radio station. Well, our mom definitely loved a good ghost story. So of course, she had to go out there with some of her friends, and they didn't see anything, much to my mom's dismay. She ended up having to call her stepfather to come and pick her up. Yeah, I don't think grandpa was too impressed with having to pick mom up in the middle of the night. No, probably not. And she was so disappointed that she never saw anything the night she went out there. However, as a child, I was horrified by this legend. So whenever we had to go that way, mom would tell the story of going out there with her friends in the 60s, and we'd have to hear about the white lady. I was terrified. I kept thinking I would somehow see the lady or she'd cause my dad to wreck the car. Then at school, I had a lot of friends who would speak of the lady in white. They called her La Llorona, the weeping woman. I would always be looking around the car and hoping I didn't see anything. Even when I started driving myself, I would stay away from Klein Avenue whenever I could. Since I've heard this story, I'm always doing the same thing. I always look for the lady in white when we are in that area. I took a folklore class for English credit while in college. It was one of the most interesting classes I've ever taken. So one of the things I liked best about the class was the project the professor gave us. We had to write a paper about an Indiana legend, and the only restriction that she put on it was we had to go to the folklore archives for our research. This was such a cool experience for me. So obviously, I chose to write mine about the Klein Avenue ghost, or as we grew up calling her, the White Lady. So apparently this ghost name is Sophia. The Northwest Indiana Times newspaper did an article about the Klein Avenue ghost back in October of 2012. The article was titled, The Story of Sophia, Something Very Bad Happened in Hammond. Yes, that name sounds very familiar to me from my research in the late 90s of the ISU folklore archives. That name kept coming up in several of the records that the university has. So the ISU folklore archives are these records from people all over the state who have experienced ghosts. Um, there's also records of tall tales and legends, and there's these filing cabinets just filled with these firsthand accounts of things. So it's something that's very interesting to look through. And something that stood out to me is that the Times article also calls her Sophia. And this was a name that kept coming up in the, that file at Indiana State University. Sophia was supposedly very beautiful, young, blonde hair, and very beautiful blue eyes. She was a, of Polish descent and was from Polish neighborhood of North Hammond. Sophia was also in love with a man that her parents did not approve of. Story has it that he was from a lower socioeconomic class than Sophia was. Uh, legend also says that he may have been a different race or culture. Some people say he was a Hispanic man. Sadly, his name seems to have been lost to time. I've never seen his name mentioned in any of the research I have done over the years. Nevertheless, Sophia saw him without her family finding out. She knew that if anyone found out she was dating him, that they would disown her. Sophia and this unknown man make a plan to get married. There's one problem. Who will perform the ceremony? 
They talk to a priest in a Catholic church and Gary who agrees to marry them one afternoon. So Sophia goes and buys a wedding dress. She skips work that day so she can get ready for the ceremony. Sophia makes sure that she looks beautiful. She calls her a cab and she steps out of her parents' house to start her new life. She takes the cab down to the church in Gary and awaits her love. There's only one problem. Sophia is alarmed to find that he's not there. A couple of hours pass. Sophia waits and waits and waits, but he never appears. The kind priest finally tells her that he must not be coming and she should go home. She steps out of the church and gets a cab driver to take her home. It is late. By now, Sophia knows her family will be worried and will be wondering where she is. She's still dressed in her wedding dress. The cab arrives and they begin to make the drive back to Hammond. Sophia is scared. How is she going to face her family? Why did her love leave her? Did he not want to marry her? She sobs, and as the cab driver drives along the area that we now know as Klein Avenue and Michigan Avenue, Sophia asks him to pull the cab over. She opens the door to the vehicle without saying a word. He watches as she runs right into the Calumet River. The cab driver stands there horrified. There's no saving Sophia. The weight of her wet wedding dress drowns her quickly. And according to the Times article, her body was not found for several days. Legend says that Sophia's fiancé had been killed in an accident at one of the steel mills the day before the wedding. He did not abandon her. He did not show because he couldn't. Thus begins a legend that has haunted northwest Indiana for decades. People would speak of seeing a lady all in white along the road there, always wearing a white wedding dress and always sobbing. She was known to jump out in front of cars, and sometimes she would appear in the back seat of cars as well. Yes, that's the one that always freaked me out the most. Honestly, to this day, if I'm back home and I find myself driving down Klein Avenue, I'm terrified to look in the rearview mirror. I'm always afraid I will see Sophia staring back at me from the back seat. She is known to flag down cab drivers as well. In fact, many cab companies had a policy not to pick up anyone fitting Sophia's description. I've heard that as well. The reason for that policy goes back to one of the most well-known stories of the Klein Avenue ghost. There was a cab driver who apparently picked Sophia up, and this happened back in the 1970s. And this is a story that's been a very popular legend all across Northwest Indiana over the years. In fact, the October 2012 Hammond Times article mentions this legend. So the story goes that a cab driver was driving from Gary into Hammond one evening and he sees this lady sitting on the side of the road. The lady was a young bride dressed in very old-fashioned wedding dress. She was flagging him down. He pulls over and picks her up. She directs him to go to Hamden. As he drives, she begins telling him her story. She tells him about seeing a man her family does not approve of and of being stood up at the, at the altar. She also tells him how she feared her family's reaction. At this point, he looks back into the rearview mirror to offer sympathy and finds that she is no longer the beautiful bride he had picked up. What is staring at him from the rearview mirror is a woman soaked to the skin. Her face pale, her lips blue, her beautiful white dress now muddied and ripped, and the driver can smell the stench of the river filling the cab. He screams and pulls the car over, gets out, opens the back door, and the cab is completely empty. No woman, only the smell of the river and a wet seat to prove that she had been there. So there was also a version that I heard as a child of the ghost on Klein Avenue being a woman with bloody hands and dress. 
Kids at school often called her La Llorona. La Llorona is a legend that comes from Mexico. She is the weeping mother who killed her children when a lover did not accept them. Legend says that La Llorona walks the earth in misery over killing her kids. Legend also has it that she will take and kill any children that she encounters. I was terrified of this legend as a kid. Me too, sis. I was terrified. I had friends whose parents would tell them not to go out at night because of La Llorona. Something interesting I read in the book called Weird Indiana by Mark Marion, James A. Willis, and Troy Taylor is that the spirit that is known in Northwest Indiana as La Llorona may not be the same one of Mexican folklore. It's possible that this spirit may be a woman whose children were killed in an auto accident in that area that goes all the way back to the 1930s. Apparently, the woman lived after the car wreck, but went insane over the loss of her children. She went back to the site repeatedly, and the legend has it that she may have gone back to the site even after death. According to research, that area of Hammond and Gary in the past were a Mexican community, so many people think that the residents there may have given the ghost the name of La Llorona because she reminded them of that familiar spirit of Mexican folklore. So one of the biggest mysteries about these legends that no one has been able to solve is what exactly is going on out there on Klein Avenue. Who is La Llorona or the woman in white exactly? Well, that's just it. We don't really know. Most attempts that I have read of people going out there and trying to capture this on audio or video, it seems not to work out. And there does not seem to be any photographic evidence of her either. So are these two separate ghosts or are the people seeing the same spirit? See, that's another mystery. There's lots of accounts of hauntings going on out on Klein Avenue. And I came across several legends while doing the research for this story. At Indiana State, we used Ronald Baker's book, Hoosier Folk Legends, as our textbook. Ronald Baker has a few accounts of the Klein Avenue ghost in his book. There's one legend that I had not heard about before, and it's about a car that went off a ramp in the 1950s, and a young mother and baby were killed when the car landed below in the ditch. Legend says that a woman in white holding a baby has been seen in that area that the accident took place. Where there is another one in the Hoosier Folklore book that stood out to me, a woman in white floating in the empty fields by Klein Avenue. The snippet also mentions kids going out there with flashlights and exploring the legend. It reminded me of mom's story of going out there with her group of friends in the 1960s. Whatever is going on out on Klein Avenue, one thing is certain. It's been around for decades and each generation seems to have a new experience. As time goes on, it's just sad. The names of the people and the real-life tragedies seem to have been lost to time. And maybe that is the problem. The spirit or spirits may just be wanting to be remembered or to have their stories told. Have you had any experiences with the Klein Avenue ghost? We would love to hear about it. Please send us an email to whosyourmythsandlegends at gmail.com. We may use it in a later episode. In the email, let us know if you wish to remain anonymous. To see our source material, please visit our website, HoosierMythsAndLegends.com. Please find us and follow us on Facebook or on Instagram.
Our theme song was written and recorded by Wet Blanket. The song title is Taxidermy Race Car. Wet Blanket frontman is Joseph Carpenter, lead guitar Earl Wilhelm, rhythm guitar Joshua Carpenter, bass is Parker Warman, and drums Christian Kittle. Thank you for tuning in to Hoosier Myths and Legends. As always, stay spooky.